This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 196 of the Stacey West podcast. I am Ben and I believe that this is the very first time that we've uh, we've done a podcast together but it's uh, it's Chris with me this week. How are you doing mate? You well? Hello everybody. I'm really well thank <laughs> you. Yeah it's the first time it's just been me, me and you I think mate hasn't it? Um, so yeah, yeah. So I've been looking forward to it. Um, yes. I'm trying to put a, a chipper and enthusiastic voice on because trying to mask a little bit of my inner feelings about the last week or so at Lincoln City. Um, but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm I'm all right, thank you, mate. How are you? Uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a week, hasn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah. It's it's yeah, just just all sorts of things going on um, that that have just compounded everything at the minute, and it's just like it's it's not been. The best of weeks to kind of uh, to kind of be a follower of Lincoln City, or indeed try and produce content about Lincoln City that uh, doesn't devolve into utter madness. But uh, we're going to try, despite the fact that we did have a request um, from Adam on Twitter, who said, uh, "As the football has been so depressing this week, can we have a pod just about Lego?" Shirts, Marvel, dog walking, or craft beers—literally anything. I'd I'd happily do that <laughs> as well. To yeah. be honest, uh, yeah, kind of the same. Um, but but no, we we do <sighs> unfortunately have to talk um, about football, which has been uh, uh, yeah. I mean, let, let's start. You know, we might as well start with with the Charlton game, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I think me and Gaz said last week that uh, well, I, I sort of said I, I didn't really expect too much coming out of the game, but what we got was sort of a a good twenty minutes, and then a very very poor forty minutes, fifty minutes, um, and then we woke up for twenty minutes. 
yeah, when we had to at the end. I'll be honest, yeah. I was bitterly disappointed on Saturday. I was yeah. semi-confident. I thought if we played the, the best version of us, we would be yeah. more than good enough of getting something out of that game. I know it's an away game and you know you expect the, the home team to come out a little bit. That kind of suits us, I felt. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we started relatively well. I think you know we started with a bit of intensity, but you know it didn't take too long for Charlton to get a foothold in the game. And I was just bitterly disappointed, bitterly disappointed at the, at the performance. And um, I actually, what I've written down here is a couple of di- like almost opposite points from the Accrington game mm-hmm. to the Charlton game. I don't think there was anything tactical about Accrington at all. I think there was a lot of other factors at play. I think Charlton was very tactical. And mm-hmm. yeah, we did change it, but I think we didn't change it quick enough. So obviously, we 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 all know our system now. We're back three with wing backs, with two midfielders, and then and then that front three. That, and um, our midfield two were against Charlton's midfield three, who who rotated really well. But they were they were often though their their midfield three were miles away from each other, and then our midfield two just, just didn't know where to go. And that's not their fault. That's that's a tactical issue. And in my opinion, you've got to sort that out. Like, was, I'm not saying a goal was coming because they were peppering our goal, but they they had a fair amount of domination of the ball, um, mm-hmm. and to, before they scored their first, and then we just didn't change anything at all. Um, and it's not often I disagree with Mark Kennedy. Um, he obviously knows a lot more about football than I do. Um, but when he said he hoped for us to get through to half time and, and felt that we we were kind of in control, um, mm-hmm. I really disagreed with that. Um, and I know that you, know, you, you could certainly be in control of a game when you haven't got the ball. I think, in fairness, we were really good at that under the Cowleys at times um, because, like your your shape, your system, like your pressing triggers, will kind of dictate. Even though the other team has the ball, you're kind of almost dictating what parts of the pitch they have it in to keep it out of those danger areas. And that's that's kind of a good way of doing that. I don't think mm-hmm. we did that in the first no. half in against Charlton. Obviously, we changed it at half time and changed shape, and we was marginally better, um, but we were two 0 down. Yeah, and we don't score many goals, and we don't create many chances. If you score two, if you're two 0 down at Lincoln City, you don't get anything out of that game. No, I mean it was. I, I think the the disappointing thing for me was the fact that we did start quite brightly. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, you know, we we spoke last week about um, Charlton having to come out of the traps and you know really impress. Uh, obviously, they've just got a new manager. They're kind of hoping for that bounce and to to just improve things because. It just seems to be a, a a bit of a horrible atmosphere in, at Charlton at the moment. Uh, at the moment, with that, I say slight upward swing just starting, and I, I was hoping that we weren't going to be the first victims of it. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought we started quite brightly. I thought we we you know we we looked um, to 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 be attacking the goal and and having a few efforts. I mean, there, there was nothing really concrete in that first few minutes, from what I can remember. Um, it, but I thought we were the better team for about 15, 20 minutes. Um, and, yeah, unfortunately, you know, the the, the goal happened. Um, and once they got one, it was like, well, it's only going to be a matter of time because we sort of started to capitulate a little bit. Um, and then getting the second just before uh, just before half-time was, was a real sucker punch for us. And I think I I, I almost want to, to say that I... I kind of saw where Mark Kennedy was coming from in that I thought you know if you, if you take that 20 minutes and and look at it you go oh yeah if you if you seeing that as the whole first half then fair enough but it, it wasn't and it was a, a really disappointing um well folding like a deck of cards is the obvious 
you know the obvious uh, comparison to make but it it was not enjoyable to watch at all um no going into half time you're absolutely right and and I agree with that first 15 20 minutes I completely agree I think we we were we were we were threatening at times and yeah our shape was okay but then before they, it wasn't just they scored a goal and everything changed I think there was a good few minutes before they scored where yeah. It was obvious that they were that they kind of worked out our system. They have worked out how to create the space. You know, Fraser's a good player, and he's, he finds those pockets. And he's always just seemed to be the spare man. And he's a good yeah. footballer. You know, that's what they do. But we kind of our, our system made it easy for him because there's they had a front three against our back three. Their their full backs were high against our wing backs, which yeah. meant we had one striker and our and our front three and a pressing and trekking wide. And there was just a centre midfielder three all the time, and. If you got that was that was where it was it was really lost, wasn't yeah. it? Because you, you you know I think Gary said on several occasions that having you know Sorensen and Sanders in that midfield too doesn't work, and we we need somebody like Matty Virtue, um, and it it was so frustrating to watch because um, obviously Mark Home picked up on it in the commentary, yeah. But when you watch it and you see just the abundance of space that's, you know, like you say, being given to Fraser because they don't know who to track. Yeah, and, and it's not know. their fault. It's not Sorensen or Sanders doing anything wrong. It's the fact no. they've got to try and deal with three players between two yeah. of them. And if this, if the three players that you, you, you're playing against are playing quite narrow, playing quite kind of stationary, then that's easier. But they were really, they were rotating. In fairness to Sean, they were rotating really well and Fraser was picking up those pockets. And often, you know, those three were kind of, like three quarters of the width of the pitch, but that's mm. they did it on purpose to try and stretch stretch that, and that's where they're getting in all the time. Now, I'm only an amateur manager, but if I'm seeing that on a Sunday morning, even if I'm thinking so and so is not a centre midfielder, like Danny Mandroy who's not a centre midfielder or, or whoever, tell you what, just just fill in there in a three for me until half time, and we'll go three five two, or we'll go a diamond in there to get an extra man in there and, and see us through. Um, yeah. And that reluctance to change it because maybe square peg round holes sort of mentality. Um, backfired a little bit and I know he said in his interview that he was hoping to get us through to half time and then we would change and of course it's much easier to set those instructions when you've got everyone in the room together and you can pass it on yeah, that yeah. way and I kind of get the idea I think it was more a case of if we did go in at half time they didn't get that second maybe we wouldn't be having this conversation um, yeah. but maybe being a little bit more proactive without even having to make a, a substitution but just just shift your shape just for that 10-15 minutes just if your mentality is let's get to half time, then see if we want to make a tactical change, like with personnel as well. You know, I'm not going to criticize Mark Kennedy. I don't want this to be a Mark Kennedy bash because I really like him and I think he's really good for the club. And I don't think the situation the club is in at the moment in terms of squad is anything to do with him. He hasn't got the tools at the moment to maybe to do the things he wants to. Specifically, that 3-5-2, actually. I remember a, a, um, a conversation with him or an interview with him towards the start of the season, maybe a few games in. And I was asking him about his um, his preferred systems, and he did mention he's, he likes to be quite flexible with it. But his favourite is a three-five-two, and we've never played a three-five-two because we haven't had two strikers to put on the pitch yeah, at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously, you can't do that unless you have the players required in in the squad to do it. But yeah, you know, I was disappointed. Second half, like I say, we were better. Um, we weren't kind of, you know, all hands to the pump, kind of knocking, trying to blow the door down. Better, but the shape stopped them being as effective and having the overloads that they had. And we yeah. did create some chances, albeit half chances. Um, and obviously we had a, a chance to kind of get the equaliser at the end. But if we're completely honest, I, if we did get that, that equaliser and came 
away with a point, we'd have robbed them. Oh yeah, it would have felt completely undeserved um, if we'd have, you know, if that last shot would have gone in. But it's the 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 thing that you mentioned there about you know the, um, needing to well trying to get to half, uh, to half time and and you know taking it from there. It feels a little bit. It almost feels a little bit naive. Um, and I, you know, again, I don't want to be out there. You know, I don't want this to be taken out of context. But it, it, it just, it felt a little bit to me like it was almost like right. Okay, well, we can get to half time, and I, I don't know how many, how many fans that were in attendance would have maybe agreed, um, because it was obvious that the middle, of, uh, the middle of the park was struggling. Um, it just, it was just a, like you say, a really disappointing. Um, sort of end to the first half, and uh, I mean, you know, let's not take anything away from Black and Taylor because the the goal was, you know, he lashed it home, and it was a, you know, it was a decent, a decent run, a decent bit of positioning from him um, to get through, and then I, I saw some people, you know, criticising Rushworth for the goal. Mm. Like, yeah, well, I've seen I've seen a bit of that. Now I I'm very much part of the goalkeepers' union. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so I, I will never hear a bad word said about any any goalkeeper unless like it's inexcusable. Oh, we'll come on to that. We will come <laughs> on to bad words against goalkeepers. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, it was it, he absolutely lashed it, and you know at that point in the game, you think, well, like you said earlier, that that is basically game over yeah. because it's. I don't think we've come back from two down. This season? Oh, I wish I'd see if, this, if Gary was here, he'd have a stats up straight away, wouldn't he? He would. I, he would I, I don't know how to check it. I've got Y Scout open, but I can't. I don't know how to. I don't know all the nuances of it and how to check <laughs> all that. Um, but I don't feel like we have. Um, no, I certainly don't feel that's the case. Just on just on Rushworth, like I think um, on the second goal where that was coming from was it did almost look like he kind of pulled away from it. We turned away from it, and I, I admit that's not a good look. Um, it's almost like he kind of gave up on it a little bit. But I think if, like, from that situation myself, if someone's absolutely spanked it, it's almost in the net before you've even seen it. Yeah. Um, so I think we maybe being critical of him there is maybe a bit harsh. I, I don't, even if he had, you know, dived or looked like he was trying to save it, if, if you if you kind of, that's a bit of an amateurish way of describing it. But, you know, hopefully you know what I mean. If it, if it just looks more recognisable as a, an attempt, then I don't, I don't think anyone would criticise him because it went in. Yeah. It was just the fact that it almost looked like he kind of gave up on it, but it, it was probably hit the back on it before he even really saw it. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't think we can blame Rushford. I don't think there's many, indiv- there was really many individual errors in the game. You know, so at the back, I think it was uh, uh, more system system issues than, than anything else. Yeah. Um, but then, like you said, you know, second half changed it. We did look a little bit better and then it, I mean, it wasn't scintillating stuff. Um, and then, you know, about 20 minutes to go, sort of started to throw the kitchen sink at it. And, and you know, the, the goal that Mandroy who scored was the, uh, the the perfect example of, you know, if at first you don't succeed, because uh, when he finally got it in, I mean, he, I say that Blackett Taylor lashed the one that he scored. He absolutely leathered it, didn't he? He did. Um, you know what? I really like Danny Mandroy. I think he's a. Yep. If we can get the, the, if we can almost build our attack around him because he's a really clever player. He hasn't got mm. blistering pace. You know, he's not massively strong, but he's so smart. Um, yeah. And obviously, he played in that ten role in the second half. And I think you know that's what at Shamrock. That's where he played quite a bit. He played out wide, but kind of tucked in, almost in a similar system to us, but with like two tens rather than a wide player. So he was in those mm. central areas much more than he has been for us. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he was really effective there. Um, mm. 
so maybe maybe a three five two with a ten is our is our long term if we can get the right personnel in. But the thing is, credit to Kennedy and that the change he made at half time was the correct one. You know, the shape change was correct. It, yeah. we were better, and then you say the last 15, 20 minutes we were considerably better. Um, mm. So yeah, it was just it's disappointing that maybe circumstances meant that in hindsight it looks like that change should have been made sooner. But the change that was made was the correct change. So we have to credit yeah. that. It was just maybe a little too little too late and it was unfortunate that we conceded the second goal. But like you said, yeah. 2-0 down at half time, you can afford to throw the kitchen sink at it and, and and try and get something out of it without really expecting anything. And, you know, I think we did that to the best of our this current squad's ability, even though we weren't peppering the goal. Now I don't think I don't think this squad and will do at any point in this in this league with without additions in those attacking areas. But I think yeah. we improved as much as we could have done in the second half but too little too late and Charlton deserved it on the day we can't we can't deny that but it's a shame because yeah. it's against a not necessarily a club but certainly against a, a squad that we could have got something from on paper yeah and it I think it was a, a performance that ultimately you know underlined what we need from the transfer window um we're going to talk about that a bit later on but yeah it was uh well, I think that was that was proven even more clearly on on Tuesday night against Accrington, wasn't it? It was indeed, and that's what we'll we'll roll on to, um, you know. And yeah, it, it just going into the Accrington game, you, you kind of had that same that same feeling about a lot of the trophy games, where it's like, okay, fine, if we get through it without any more injuries, we'll probably be okay. Um, it would be really nice if we got that, you know, 50k in the pot um, because it's it's again money for the club and oh god. Um, well, on on, do, on that, I just where do I start? Well, on, on the night after the, I was I felt similar to Charlton. I was just bitterly disappointed, just yeah. I was gutted, and I I wasn't there. I wasn't watching. I had a um, rugby football club committee meeting instead, which was which was really entertaining. Um, so I couldn't get to the game, <laughs> but I have watched it back and. Yeah, but I had the, the, all the updates on my on my watch, and obviously with no context as well, I couldn't didn't see any highlights. I had nothing other than just the goals coming through, and it was, yeah. it was and I, I had nothing to kind of go off. And it's ah oh, bloody gutted, and then watched it back and was even more bloody gutted. Um, yeah, because I think it's a huge opportunity for the club to earn some money to get to Wembley. You know, the Wembley's a bonus, obviously, but it's fifty k. That's that's that will pay for a player for the for the second half of this season. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's a big chunk of money and it's against a team or a club that, that we again should ideally be competitive against and, yeah. and, and get something out of. And I was confident. We, I, I was actually quite confident we'd win despite the threadbare squad, which may have been a bit disrespectful to Accrington. It was maybe having a bit kind of rose tinted glasses, but I was absolutely gutted on Tuesday night, but on reflection after a night's sleep and kind of looking at it a bit more objectively, Maybe there were a few kind of mitigating circumstances there, um, and I don't think there was any system issues at all on on Tuesday specifically. We didn't kind of get out kind of witted tactically. We were missing loads of players. We missed House. We missed Rowan, both who are first choice players. Rowan obviously yep. would have definitely started in, on the left side because we don't have Robson anymore and Ball is yep. cup tied. You know, I, I imagine we weren't expecting Rowan to be injured, so he would have played. Yeah. And when you have to put Charles Vernon at left wing back, that is going to create some some balance issues. Yeah, um, and obviously Absolutely. we all know how important Matty Virtue is to this to this side and. 
you know, him, him obviously going to be out for a while. It's something we're going to have to get used to, but we're still feeling, you know, those, those injuries. And in fairness, like the conditions are awful. You know, they, it is yeah. the type of conditions. I know it's the same for both teams, but they are conducive to mistakes. Um, yeah. And it was disappointing and it was still maybe a, a chance missed, but we lost on pens. You know, we didn't, we didn't get battered. We lost on penalties and the penalties are crap, by the way. Yes, um, they but were. But we've been quite good at penalties this season and you know, as much as you can practice, as much as you like, they are a bit of a lottery and yeah. your your luck will run out at some point. You can't win like four or five penalty shootouts in a row. That's just like, yeah. the probability of that is so low, isn't it? So yeah, on reflection, personally, on reflection, still disappointed, but not as disappointed and it doesn't feel like as quite as much of an existential crisis as maybe it did immediately after the full-time whistle on uh, on Tuesday night. Yeah, I mean, it was it was just a real slog to get through the match. And I mean, to the point where at the end of it, you know, I said that I, I thought we were fortunate to get, and, and this is where I, you know, showed myself up a bit. I thought, you know, we're fortunate to get to extra time. And it's like, we didn't have extra time. It just went straight to penalties. It just felt like that game was two hours long. <laughs> um, you know, you've got, like you mentioned, awful conditions, but you, you can't. You've got to try and adapt to that. And I think one of the things that people tended to pick up on was that we still tried this, you know, raking ball forward to Tom Hopper for him to try and get it down. And there was one instance in late on in the game where the ball. I think it was a ball out from Rushworth, like I think basically a clearance, and it more or less went like it was going to the keeper, and it just stuck in the wind, and yeah. it more or less dropped straight down mm-hmm. um, onto oh, who was it at that point? Um, I think it was, it it was a centre half, anyway, wasn't it? Yeah, um, but it, well, in, in terms of the attack, it was, I think it might have even been Jovan at that point. But oh, I, so I, I thought you said about yes. the goalkeeper in the first half that got held up. Oh no, and then that, it got we'll, flicked we'll on, on by whoever it was. Yeah. I don't know who it was. One of us. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come on to those. But um, oh, it was it was just a it, it was just so difficult to watch that game because we know what this side's capable of. We know what they can do. Um, and yes, like you say, there were a number of players out, but. Um, when you have the limited squad that we have, it's really difficult to try and to to try and you know not put a positive spin on it because that's that's making it sound like we're sycophantic and we try not to be. But it's you know when you're trying to look at it with a bit more nuance than just saying oh everything is shit, mm-hmm. you know you you kind of you really struggle after a game like that. And I know Gary sort of angry tweeted after the game. <laughs> yeah, and then he kind of reflected um, on it the day after. I have, I yeah. felt similar to Gary and then reflected the day after. And I think it's yeah. very easy. It's very easy for all of us to, after a bad performance or a bad couple of performances or run, to feel like everything's wrong. Like the whole club's yeah. fucked. It's kind of sometimes that mentality, isn't it? And mm-hmm. it's just emotion. It's just because we all want Liga City to do well. And when things don't go well on the pitch, that's all we get to see. So... Mm-hmm we don't get to see what's happening behind the scenes. So we, it is it is easy to kind of think, well, that must be wrong. That must be wrong. Recruitment must be wrong. Just George is rubbish. Um, what's this money going on to the training ground for when we should be buying players? You know, why are all the staff leaving? And in reality, if we look at that from a more objective perspective, is, you know, our recruitment's been 
pretty good on the whole. You know, things like Paul, Bramall, Eden, Scully, you know, all these players, Sean Rowan, you know, big players that have either been sold for money or are key players for us now. No no manager or director of football gets everything everything right. Not every single transfer is perfect. Alex Ferguson got loads wrong and he's the most successful manager in history. Mm-hmm. <coughs> but in the moment, it's very easy to think, well, they must be bad because look, we haven't got anyone on the pitch that's, that's, you know, that's, that's at the level. The staff that have left the club, you know, the groundsman, for example, went off to set his own business and we, we, we poached someone from, from non-league who's, who's done a brilliant job. Um, Mike Garrity obviously has, has, has moved to bigger and better things and we got some money for him even our under 18 goalkeeping coach has been poached by Blackburn you know so the people that are leaving the club aren't leaving because we're a rubbish club and they just want to get out of it they're getting poached by bigger clubs um, that shows that we're getting good people in behind the scenes and, and Gaz and I did the like the yearly review thing before Christmas mm-hmm. didn't, or before New Year and one of our positives that we said was actually the, the strength of the club off the pitch um, yeah, and you know, compared to a lot of football clubs, we're in a brilliant position off the pitch. You know, think things aren't clicking on it right now, and it's very easy to think that that, that must mean that things off it uh, aren't great as well. But you know, compared to so many other football clubs, we are so stable and really well run off the pitch, and that's a real credit. It just it'll just take time for for the things to happen on the pitch, and like you mentioned earlier, we we can kind of see what this squad's capable of. You know, we, we've got mm. a glimpse of the qualities that they have. And, you know, I do feel that on the pitch, maybe the qualities that we're showing against those bigger clubs aren't always able to be um, kind of transplanted and kind of replicated against a, a different style and different team. You know, yeah, you have to have a different system and style to play against those teams that aren't going to possess the ball and aren't going to come and attack you. Um, but we've all seen that there's quality in this team. We've all seen that there's fight and there's endeavour and that there's, there's a plan. I think we've all said at the start of the season, what was really nice was we can see where we're going. Yeah. Just because results haven't been brilliant in the last month or so doesn't mean that that's no longer true. But I felt like everyone else did on Tuesday night thinking, oh, it can't just be this, it can't just be that. But then when you reflect on those things and look at them a bit more in a bit more context, yeah, all Tuesday did was just highlight, we're just short. We're just short in terms of squad depth and squad quality in certain areas. Some of it because of injury and some of it because of bad luck. Um and some of it because of just situation on the night in terms of things like cup ties. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think all... I mean... Go I, on, sorry, I think, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I think one of the things that, you know, we, we will... We'll come on to this in, in a little bit, but um, the, the, there will be the... Uh, I don't want to say cynical, but there will be the, the more the more just asking question, you know, people saying, well, isn't this the point at which, you know, Jez will need to earn his money and, and yada, yada, yada. And ultimately, yes, like this, this is the kind of point at which, you know, everybody at the club is going to be working absolutely flat out to try and bring in players. But, you know, I don't think we're going to be, well, you know, we won't necessarily go out and, and, get somebody like and I'm not using this just because he signed for somebody this week but we're not going to go out and get a Lee Angle just because he's a body that we can get him in the door you know they they will want to bring in players that can improve the situation at the football club and they want to bring in players that are potentially as well as good as if not potentially better than the players that we have at the moment and that's the tricky thing and Mark, Mark said it in his interview the other day you know when he said that we were up against massive clubs in this division that have gone in for some of the players that we're, we're monitoring. So, and that shows that we're going in for players that are of a, 
a quality they're going to improve us. That's the right yes. type of player to go after. I would much. I was actually discussing this to one of my mate, one of the my lads that plays for me on a Sunday on, on in the car on the way home on Sunday <laughs> morning, um, and he's like, "Oh, why can't we just go and sign? We need more players. Why can't we just go and like Forest Green and sign loads of players?" It's like, yeah, like, and maybe for their squad they're they're decent, but they're signing numbers. In my opinion, they're signing numbers. Um, I would much prefer us to be going after seven or eight players of a significant quality and landing a couple of them. Yeah. Um, and losing five of them to, to, to bigger, you know, bigger clubs and more attractive clubs. But we but it shows that we're going after the right players than trying to sign the players that no one else is after going after. Yeah. And and just I mean, getting bodies like, through the door. We need more like, depth in the squad, there's no denying that. Yeah, yeah, but absolutely. We only want to bring the players in that are going to significantly improve what's on the pitch. And yeah. Lass Sorensen gets a lot of stick. And I I, I don't dislike Lass. I, I like his work rate. I, I think he, he wins the ball well, and I think he's a, a useful player in a squad. But mm-hmm. I think him surely he'd admit it himself on the ball if he if you're asking him to do the sort of things that say George Grant used to do. That's not his job. That's that's not. He's not that no. type of player. He's not of that quality. So I certainly wouldn't want to bring another version of a Lass Sorensen in just because it's another player. Um, we've got someone that does that role. We need someone that does something different and and, and does the things that he doesn't do quite so well better. And then we can, yeah. horses for courses in games, you, you bring him on in situations or play him in, against teams that you need someone to do that job. But then you have that squad depth and that flexibility. And then Mark Kennedy can do what he wants to do. So I think the fact we're going after um, the players that the, the, the bigger clubs want is a good sign. Um, yeah. I suppose what we'd like to see is just someone through the door so we can kind of almost get, just get the proof. You know, we just need to see something. And what's, yeah. what's nice is that um, it would appear that we should be getting one through the door. Well, t- today, as this comes out, according yes. to um, according to the club. So, you know, fingers yeah. crossed that, that, that we get something. And there's also one that's not too far away, apparently. Yeah. So fingers crossed so, I mean, that we hear something. I think, I think the, thing that, the, the thing that comes to my mind is, you know, I, I tend to, you know, loop back to FIFA sometimes and say, look, you've got, X number of coins to spend. Do you buy four silver players, or do you go for that one or two, you know, rare gold player that's gonna, you know, sit in your first team all the time? That's the kind of decision that we're gonna have to make. We've got a pot of money, and ultimately you've got to divide it up. And it's like, right, do we buy four players that aren't gonna get near the first team but will bulk out the squad, or do you buy one or two players, or bring one or two players to the club that will improve things? But you just have to sit in that queue, and it's it's a gamble. Um, yeah, I, and, I think you know, it's, it's one that I think we're used to seeing, but it's frustrating. Sometimes. Yeah, I think we do need depth. We can't deny that we need depth because that's what we're crying out for. Um, mm-hmm. But we, we, quality over quantity always for me. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, um, but um, yeah, I mean, <coughs> we'll, me. we'll just we'll, we'll loop back round to, to Akronson because it's kind of got away from it, us a little. It did bit. a little bit. <laughs> Um, but we said earlier that you know you're not going to bring out, you're not going to drag out keepers unless there are, are, are mistakes. And oh lord, um, it was within the first five minutes. Um, well, first ten minutes. Uh, just looking at the score, Tom Hopper scored on seven minutes. But there was a a back pass that was, I think, basically drilled towards um, Rushworth. Yeah, uh, I think that was from Mandroyu as well. Um, and Rushworth didn't really have any chance of controlling exactly it. and that's not the keepers i'd like to say keepers union um i'd be absolutely giving earful to, to yeah, whoever yeah. gives us the ball back there like we're goalkeepers we're not footballers you know yeah. <laughs> we're not real footballers um you know like i said i don't want to compare it to Sunday league football because it's a different sport really but 
on Sunday we we had our first game since um, since the new year, and uh, so I normally just manage a team, but I still play when I have to, and I was in goal um, yeah. on Sunday, and it was nil nil, which is nice. I, don't know, I forgot what a clean sheet felt like. <laughs> um, <laughs> the only second clean sheet um, I've ever had since only only second ever nil nil. Sorry, we've had since um, I've been managing a team that's five years. Um, anyway. <laughs> Picture so bubbly. I got a back pass so similar. It was like fired in at me, and it took a horrible bobble and it bounced off my knee. Oh wow! Yeah, I was like, it, it bounced up that high. I was like, what are you doing? What are you yeah. doing? Like, I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> contain it. So yeah, Russia was unfortunate. And you know what? On on the Accrington, on our goal that we scored, our first goal, um, that kid yeah. was going to get some stick for that. And I understand why he should just got rid of it first time. But actually, from a tactical perspective, our pressing was really good. You know, our pressing yes. was really, um, really organised. It went wide and then we forced it back and then he closed him down um, really aggressively. But we forced the ball all the way back to their keeper and it was clear that the trigger was there. And I liked that. Yeah, keeper made a mistake. Obviously, credit to Tom for charging it down with the intensity that he did. But yeah, obviously, it's quite funny to see that from a fan's perspective. And it's, it's, almost, <laughs> like a, it's almost like a free goal, doesn't it? A little bit like the, yeah. um, the Sunderland one in the playoffs that we had a couple of years ago. Yes, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But there is actually some credit from our side in regard there, from a yeah. coaching perspective and a system perspective. Like our pressing triggers and, and, and um, structures are yeah. really good. We forced that. Yeah. Um, and I think that was where, like, you know, obviously, sorry, if you have uh, you stay US bingo cards out, um, there you go, Chris has said pressing. So, um, <laughs> so what have I got now? I've got pressing, I've got um, pathway mustard. and mustard. Great, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, I think... Like you say, the, the the pressing from Tom was was excellent for that goal. It wasn't just um, it wasn't just Tom though. It was it was it was from everybody. Well, it was, it was, it was to, so, to push the ball really back to the keeper. Yeah, it was wasn't really it? coordinated. Yeah. So Tom obviously put that intense press on the keeper, but the fact we forced it back there was really it was was, yeah. was was good to see. And I think ultimately, you know, the, the goal, regardless of of everything we just said for Tom and and the rest of the team, I think. It, it obviously comes down to a goalkeeping error yeah, yeah, because it was, it, it was just there's, 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 it was just funny. Yeah, there's credit for us in the move, but the keeper's yeah. fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but then I, it it just kind of descended into a bit of nothingness for the rest of the half, and it, it seemed really bitty and really just not a huge amount going on. And, and for me, I thought the I thought the bright spark in the game was Danny Mandroyu. I thought he was again. I thought. Yeah, I thought he looked really impressive. Um, a couple of people have said that you know he he had a bit of a uh, bit of a rollicking from Regan Paul and the bench for not tracking back as much as he should have done. So obviously you know that's that's a string to his bow. He's going to need to to improve on. Um, but I thought there were some really clever moves from him. I thought you know the, there were moments where he just kind of you know drops the shoulder, goes one way, and, and you know knocks the ball the other way, and and little just little clever moves like that, which. It started to give us a bit of an inkling of of what he's going to be capable of, you know. Now that he's back to full fitness, and I think it's um, a lot of people saying, "Oh, they've been disappointed in him so far." It's like, well, we've not really seen a lot from him. Um, in fairness, you know, when you when you come to a club and you, you've not played initially, then you don't play for a while. You're not going to be able to be judged based on your performances coming off the back of an injury are you it's always going to be tricky that's a good point and i think it's easy to, to like hit like you say i think in the last two three weeks we have seen on the ball the the quality he has but i think yeah. it's you know as, as football supporters we watch the ball don't we and we notice what players do when they have it but mm. um you, each player only has the ball for around four minutes a game on average so for 86 minutes of the game they're on the pitch 
but they haven't got the ball. Yeah. And they're not just stood there doing nothing, not just walking about. They're affecting the game with their positioning. Um, not necessarily when the opposition have the ball. There are there are better pressers in the team uh, than Danny Monjou. What Danny's absolutely brilliant at that I've noticed, and I have to admit, we're in quite a fortunate position where we sit at the bank in uh, quite high towards the, the top of the, of the co-op stand or whatever it's called these days. Um, so you can kind of see it with a good vantage point. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Danny Mandrew's positioning when we have the ball is really intelligent. The runs he makes or the little, the little um, like yeah. pockets he, he finds himself in is really good. And he, you often miss that, especially in um, in our team and our style of play, which is quite high intensity, quite high tempo and quite transitional at times. Like there's so much happening all at once. You know, it, maybe last season, if he was in an Appleton team, you'd notice it more because everything's a little bit more methodical, a little bit slower, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, whereas now it, it, we are quite high intensity and it's sometimes easy to miss that. I've been really impressed with, with those. That that's kind of shows like he's just a really clever player. I think you're right. Yeah. Maybe he, he, he could do a little bit more defensively, but for someone that's that effective going forward, I think you could carry that a little bit, um, providing yeah. everyone else does, does, does their jobs. But I, I, I agree um, in that whoever it was that said that he's got the potential of being a real key player for a second half of the season. Completely 100% yeah. agree with that. I think if we can get keep him fit for the next um, few months, then we have got that sort of player there, in my opinion, that could unlock a defence, that can just create a little bit of something out of not a lot. And we don't yeah. have many of them in our team. And let's be honest, that, that type of player could be the difference between us getting dragged into a relegation battle and and, and not doing. Absolutely. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, the, we'll sort of we'll, we'll wrap up the, the Akronton game because I, I don't want to talk about it much more, um, to be honest with you. But, uh, I mean, the penalty, no no complaints about that whatsoever. Um, penalty. It was uh, you know, absolutely stonewall. Um, uh, and then Tom Hopper's equaliser. Um Getting into a position that you know we 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 are used to seeing from Tom Hopper yeah. um, when he's at his best, and he's rightly come under a lot of criticism so far this season. Um, I don't think he's been anywhere near his best. Um, I agree, and uh, you know I think there there obviously have been a few rumours about potentially going out of the club uh, this month. Whether they're true or not, I don't know. I I would suspect at the moment that they're probably not accurate but um we'll see and i think it was good to see him getting on the score sheet um obviously the first goal was was a mistake but you've got to be there yeah. in order to make he's, he's, make he's, put, that he's put the effort in to yes, get there and absolutely. he's forced the area so you know fair dues. and then yeah and then the the, the second goal um when you uh you know when you you again get into those sorts of positions if you get the ball in the box that's what Tom will do yeah, and I think that second goal is exactly the type of goal you you want Tom Hopper to score that's the, yes. the style of goal that he should be scoring and the fact he has done is nice he did play much better on on Tuesday compared to um you know his probably the rest of the season let's be honest um yeah. so hopefully that'll do his confidence the world of goods and you know we, we start to see um a little bit more of the old Tom Hopper back because Tom Hopper of a year and a half ago was was a key player for us in that in that season. So two years ago now, maybe wouldn't it? But yeah, yeah that, that you know that but, that Tom Hopper was a, a real key player and a real you know a top league one player. So um, yeah. hopefully, hopefully you know if we're trying to put a small silver lining on Tuesday, a brace for Tom Hopper um, potentially could be a, a positive going forward. 
Yeah, and then um, obviously the, the the last sort of moment was bringing on Jordan Wright for for Carl Rushworth, which I think I said in our chat at the time was was potentially a dangerous move. Um, but he has been a penalty you know penalty hero previously. Uh, so I don't mind it. It's just mind games, isn't it? I don't think. Yeah. Unless you're, um, you know, you've got a goalkeeper that is like a specifically renowned. Like for example, in the World Cup, like Martinez at, at Aston, like Aston Villa, yeah, Argentina yeah, yeah. and Aston Villa actually. Like he's renowned as being a penalty saving expert, and and he is. So if, let's just imagine he was on the bench, you would bring him on. But it's happened yeah. a few other times for other managers, not because of statistics, but just because it's just it's just a little bit of mind games. Whether it makes a difference or not, um, yeah. you know, it might. And if you don't make that change, it, you know there's no there's no mind games going on at all. Making that yeah. change, maybe it does something. Obviously, if we're looking at it completely objectively, <laughs> we we lost the penalty shootout, so it didn't. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> um, I mean but that was it, more I because just, we I missed ours. Yeah, I just had little flashbacks to was it Kepper for Chelsea? Oh he, yeah, that was embarrassing. Wasn't came it? on, didn't save a single one of the ten, and then the eleventh one he skied it. I thought, wasn't it? He was that didn't he, he refused to he, he refused to come off. I can't remember which manager it was. They wanted to bring. Uh, that was, I think, that was with Grant, wasn't it? Oh, I can't remember. It's such time. a long time ago. But yeah, it yeah. was. He, he was yeah, in. He... It was at Wembley. So it might be an FA Cup semi final or something. Yeah, I think. And it he was, refused yeah. to come off. Um, and but, then they lost. I mean, I, I think there was there was another incident where I'm, I'm sure it was Kepper, but they, they bought he bought him on for the penalty shootout in the 90th minute, and then it went all the way round to 11 penalties. <laughs> he he let 10 in. And then he went and shot. He went and had the final penalty for them, and he absolutely skied it. Poor guy. Uh, you know, he, he's not uh, part of the keepers' union for being a ticket in the first place. <laughs> so, we're uh, but I mean, him. you know, the, the, the penalties were—they were poor. Yeah, they were. Um, I think, with but, the exception of Mandroyu's miss, which was actually a really good save from the keeper. Mm-hmm. Like initially, I thought Mandroyu would put it wide, but then when you see that replay, it's like, oh, that's that's actually a great save. Yeah. Um, it, it, they just weren't great penalties. They weren't. Um, but if we're getting close to penalties, it is just a lottery, isn't it? It's a lottery. Sometimes yeah, you take bad point. penalties, and you know, maybe there's there's some um, psychology there. But we've we've won three or four on the bounce. You know, we're, we're clearly okay. It was just it's just one of those things. We've hit some bad penalties on the night, but it's it's the ninety minutes before that which got us there in the first place. And like we said earlier, we didn't get battered. There were a lot of kind of mitigating circumstances to it. Would have liked to have won. I'm sure they could have done with the money, but as I said, maybe it's not quite as um, much of an existential crisis as it felt on Tuesday night. Is you know maybe the reality is it's not it's not quite not quite as significant as maybe it felt. It was really raw at the time. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, that's Accrington out of the way. We are indeed out of the uh, the Papa John's Trophy. I'm sure there will be plenty of people that are ecstatic about that. But uh, we go away tomorrow, as you listen to this, mm. uh, to Milton Keynes. Big game. Yeah, it's it's huge, isn't it? Um, with them kind of... I think a lot of people tipped them for playoffs or, you know, I think some people even tipped them for winning the league at the start of the season. Um, that's very clearly not happening. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's really interesting because on paper they've got a really strong squad. I, I was going to read out some names that people will recognise. They've got Josh Coyote up front, who was at Rotherham when they got promoted last season. They've got yeah. Louis Barry, who Ipswich were paying, I don't know, like a million pounds a week or something for, for him to sit on their bench <laughs> last year. Um, they've got Will Grigg. We all know who Will Grigg is. Uh, Mo, Mo Iser, 
Um, they've got Nathan yeah. Holland, who was brilliant at, at Oxford. They've got Matt Smith, who was an excellent centre midfielder. Ethan Robson, who was on loan at Blackpool um, when they got promoted um, and they beat them in the final and was also at um, Sunderland. Good players, strong squad, mm. but it just hasn't worked for them at all. Um, I'm not no. going to pretend I quite enjoy that. Um, <laughs> uh, that I don't quite enjoy it. No, I do. I do enjoy it. Um, but... Um, They've got a new manager. They've, he's been there for three yeah. matches. Um, I feel a little bit short-changed, you know, in that we didn't get to play them before they changed manager. Because as much as they haven't had a definite new manager bounce yet, you know, we're still going to have to play them twice now. It would have been great for us to actually be able to play them when they were, because they, they were woeful. Like, they really were. Yeah. Um, they were one of the worst teams in the league, and not just in terms of league position, but in terms of just all, almost all metrics. Um mm-hmm. Which is surprising because the players they've got on the pitch. But you, you think because of the personnel and the quality there, it's yeah. got to be down to coaching and setup. And when they change the coach, you, you have to expect there's going to be a change there. There's got to be a change in fortunes. And um, the first three games probably haven't shown too much of that. In honesty, um, they have won one of them. Um, so they beat um, they beat Forest Green at home one nil on Boxing Day. But according to the stats, they actually got battered. Forest Green had an XG of over three um, and didn't score. Um, and then they lost 2-0 to Peterborough, deservedly. And then they um, lost 3-1 um, away at Plymouth last week right. um, as well. And in those three games, they've played three different formations. They've played a back three twice and a back four once, but they've been different formations in all three of those games. Um, and they've been tweaking their lineups. So in terms of kind of looking at what do we expect them to play like or what system do they play? Absolutely no idea. Uh, <laughs> we, we can't really plan for that, which is maybe good because it means yeah. that we just focus on us then. We have to just focus Absolutely. on us and, and rather than worrying about you know them in as much depth. Um, well, I mean, we can, we can get a bit of an insight um, because Jake has done his preview video. Uh, which is up on the uh, on Stacey West YouTube channel. So I'll do the the obvious thing of go and uh, check that out, like and subscribe. You know all of that stuff that everybody says all of the time. Um, so it's with Liam Connolly of the MK1 podcast. Um, Jake has had a sit down with Liam to ask a few questions. Right, Liam. Uh, let we have to be blunt with it. Really, um, really good season last year. Um, this year, not so much. Around the bottom four, you've been around there sort of all season. If you can, I know you sort of said if you if if you could answer it, you you wouldn't be sat here right now. But how? What do you put your finger on? Why why has it gone wrong? Obviously, you've got the sales of, of Twine and Darling and uh, etc. But what's happened, mate? Yeah, I mean, might as well start there. I, I think I was about to talk about the latest episode. To be fair, about how. Um, there was previous case studies with Darling and Twine that typically the club has, um, you know, they've they've gone out and made a marquee signing and that's kind of gone really well. So there was definitely like a, a case study to do that again this summer. So I think a lot of the signings this summer were made um, a bit sooner than some clubs maybe expected because we were trying to get ahead of the curve and get our um, maybe supposed top targets in some senses. I think in some areas we lost out on our top targets, but think all clubs do in some ways so i think we definitely rushed our recruitment this summer and that has well it's i think it's hurt us the most way it could have really um obviously it still can but i'd like to think that we've learned lessons from that so 
yeah, probably obviously losing losing Darling, losing Twine, losing Troy Parrott, David Kasumu, uh, the list goes on and on and on. Um, Connor Coventry also, it's obviously hurt us a lot. Um, we saw a similar call from last season, you know, but it wasn't, clearly it wasn't the players that we needed to propel ourselves back up towards that top of the table again or around that sort of top half of the table. So that's definitely a key factor. The recruitment's not been great. Um, and I think this window in particular, right jumping ahead, too far ahead we are taking our time this time which is nice um you know we, we are expecting news fairly soon about players and um, coaches um but you know we'll, we'll see what happens regarding that and then i think with liam manning obviously who's now um looking for a job again um i think the main reason why he went was just that i just don't feel he was getting enough from the squad um that he was whether you say given or he helped recruit i think it's a bit of both to be honest um we were kind of waiting for that a bit of um, from a Liam Manning side when, it, when the going really got tough. Did Liam Manning and his players really get going? And never really happened. Whenever there was extended time on the training pitch, it was always, why did we look so bad rather than, I'll look at the improvements we've made, um, which is probably the biggest red flag out of all, actually, in terms of why he uh, left the club. Um, and yeah, that's why we sit, I think it's 22nd in the league at the moment, 23rd, one of the two. Um, and yeah, these these next two games are again pretty big ones in our season, really. You've switched managers. You've gone from Liam Manning. You've just spoke about him there to to Jackson coming from Leeds. Had a lot of time under Bielsa and, and Jesse Marsing to speak highly of him. What have you made of of Jackson in the first couple of weeks? Obviously, you got that win against Forest Green. It looked like maybe the, the boat was turning itself around, but. It's sort of gone back. You know, what what do you make of Mike Jackson's sort of early couple of first couple of weeks in in management at MK? Yeah, I mean, to be fair to Jacko, I think those first what was it three games of Forest Green, um, Peterborough, and Plymouth, he probably had about two real training sessions with the actual squad. Mm. So to judge him on those three games is quite harsh. Um, yeah, Forest Green, we got the three points. Um, we were pretty crap, but we won, so that's all that matters. Um, I don't really think Forest Green is that great, but that just shows you the caliber of teams that are down there. And you know, you kind of you've been playing like so well for six months ago, and now you're scrapping with the Forest Greens of the world. So that's football for you. Um, I think Plymouth was the first game where we actually saw some positive football being played. Yeah, we lost three one and. Morgan Whitaker is that second game in a row now where he's sort of had us on a plate, to be honest. But um, played it well. We probably should have obviously got the goal through Holland. Probably should have got another one through Isa. So if we go 2-1 ahead, um, different game really against top of the table. So we can't really have too much negative about that. And then, yeah, these past few weeks, we didn't play last week because of the FA Cup and uh, Shreesha being involved in that. So most of it's been working on the training ground. Um, Jacko always talks about having an aggressive play style and I think physically we're not good enough, quite frankly. And I don't think, I think I mean that from an actual strength sense and an actual 90 minutes sense. So we've recruited a new fitness coach from Port Vale who's come in and his sole purpose is to improve that um, fitness and physicality per um, per player in the squad, which is good to see. Um, so, yeah, I I like him overall. I think he's very, he's very open and very much like Russell Martin, to be fair, in terms of personality and the fact that he wants to be communicating with the fans a lot I'm, you know, I'm sure we'll get him on the podcast later in the season when he's had a bit less time a bit more time in his hands sorry um, to, to chat about it all but 
yeah, no, he comes across very well. Um, obviously, listen, he's a bit, he's maybe he's a bit inexperienced in this level of football, but I think the majority of our coaches have been that way and the majority have worked out. Um, of course, Russell Martin being the shining example of that, Carl Robinson to an extent also. So, yeah, early signs are good, um, obviously, but what matters is the results and uh, what we see on the pitch, eh? <laughs> um, and what do you think you're going to go for for a score prediction then? Oh, I've gone 1-1. One, one. Um, I feel it'll be... I think we're fairly even teams and I feel both managers will have a similar mindset as to how they want to attack the game and I think both teams will be happy with a point with how the game goes and especially from our perspective where you guys are in the league and be a point gained rather than two points lost. Um, but yeah, I think overall um, the fans are just excited to see what a Jackson team can actually do with a bit of time on a training pitch. Phil, as I said, um, Manning Manning said about training pitch time and we got worse. So yeah. we're, we can only hope that a Jackson training time is a bit better than Manning's. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So there we go. Thank you, Liam, for joining Jake and, uh, you know, talking about how he thinks MK are going to get on and approach the game on Saturday. How do you think we will be able to approach the game, Chris, and uh, hopefully, hopefully get back to winning ways? Fingers crossed. Like it's, as, we, as we kind of alluded to a few minutes ago, it's a huge game. It's an absolutely enormous game for us because, what, we're seven points away from the drop zone at the moment, but if we lose this, we're going to get dragged right into that battle, win this, and we're kind of comfortably away from it again. It's it's huge, and let's all be honest, we've had a couple of really good points against Bolton and um, Ipswich, but we haven't won for ages. <laughs> and um, We need to get wins on the board, and on paper, it's a game that we really need to go there and win. Um, one thing that we can be relatively sure on is that they'll play out from the back. Um, I've watched the highlights from their previous three games on Scout, and they do try and play through the thirds um, and they do seem to be quite passive in defence. I think defensively is probably their weakness. So the fact they play out and the fact that we are genuinely good at pressing, we are really good off the ball in, in terms of forcing those mistakes and, and, and allowing teams to, hopefully forcing teams to play in certain ways. Um, it's when those games get really transitional and get it's just kind of turns into a battle with we, we don't have as much control. Um, you know, we're not perfect at it. You know, there, as we've said, we're not perfect because it didn't work against Charlton. Um, but <laughs> yeah, but over the course of the season, ever since we've changed this shape, we have been really organised in our press. And against a team that's a bit passive and a bit low on confidence, like MK Dons, I think kind of forcing them to make mistakes when they've got the ball is probably our best way forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't see us changing shape, um, even though maybe I'd quite like us to tweak it slightly. I like a back three. I always have. I always will. Um, yeah. But 
I, I also like an extra man in midfield. Um, but I just, we haven't got the personnel to go three five two. Um, the only thing we might do is maybe go like a box and a box in there, and maybe like a diamond with Mandrew or like as a ten behind one strike. I don't know. Um, but yeah. I can't see us changing our shape too dramatically. Um, like I said earlier, it's difficult to kind of predict exactly what to see because they've played different shapes and systems in the, in the last three games. But what they haven't had is a new manager bounce yet. And they haven't signed anyone yet either. You know, they haven't made any significant transfers. I say, like, compare to, say, Forest Green, who are down in a similar situation to them. They yeah. have recruited a lot of players. Um, I'm not saying that MK Dons aren't going to go and sign players. They probably will. I haven't heard anything or seen anything that they are due to sign anybody before Saturday. We alluded to they've got a squad full of high quality players, but those players are pretty. Those players are clearly a little bit low on confidence. Um, I, I can't predict it because we might be a bit low on confidence. Our, our results, let alone our you know our, our performances. Let's take that out of the question. Our results haven't been brilliant um, for a little no. while. Certainly against those teams who are lower down. It's just a bit of a it's a bit of a nuance to this though because MK Dons have got a squad that just shouldn't be anywhere near the, the relegation zone, even though they've been pretty poor throughout the whole season. Obviously. On paper, that squad should be top ten. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just is, looking yeah, through. It's difficult to predict. I'm, I'm just looking through the the form table at the moment, and over the last six games, there are only two teams in the division that haven't won in the last six games, and that's us and Portsmouth. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think the big difference is obviously Portsmouth have extremely high expectations for for where they want to be, yeah. and that's what saw their decision to you know to nix the management um but i think the, the the thing for me is that i saw a lot of people i say a lot of people i've seen a few people questioning you know if the manager says at the start of the season the aim is to stay in the division would people still buy their season tickets it's like of course we would like that that to me is is it's a non-question. I will buy my season ticket regardless of where we are next season. I, think, I know that... Sorry to interrupt. I, I just knew I was going to forget the point if I didn't say it. Yeah, that's all right. Um, <laughs> I think what we all want to see is some sort of progression. Absolutely. I get, so I kind of understand the point. I don't agree with them. You know, I buy my season ticket anyway like because we're Lincoln City fans and we want to support the club. But at the same time, we want to see us moving in the right direction. If someone said to me this season, you're going to stay up even if it's only by a few points, you're never going to seriously be in a relegation battle. But the aim is to stay up um, and also to try and make sure we get plenty of minutes into our younger players. Then you go, mm-hmm. oh, cool, yeah, I get that. That's a really sensible way of transitioning from our old kind of regime into the new one and, and sticking with that, that long-term progression of the club. Yes, buy, buy into it, all good. If at the start of the season, you know, they're saying our, our aim is just to stay here by any means necessary and we'll... Yeah, we'll sign season season veteran pros just to make sure that you know we stay in with no kind of long term progression. I kind of get that mentality actually. You know, I'd still go, but I completely understand why other people go. Well, what you know, what yeah. where are we going? You know, what why are we doing this? Then what are we supporting? Um, but you know, it, yeah, as much as I don't at agree, the moment. yeah, where we're at the moment, I think we're fine, and I can see where yeah. the club's trying to go. The results from the pitch haven't been perfect, but they were never going to be perfect this season. Um, we've yeah. got the second youngest squad in the league one. You know. There's a there's a there's a massive correlation between inconsistency and and, and squad age, um, yeah. And that's I mean fine. I think I think I saw a stat the other day that said that in terms of starting 11s, we actually have the youngest average starting eleven in the division. There we go. Yeah, that's, that says it all. So, doesn't it? That says it all. You know, it it it's it, it's a building block this season, and I think the the thing is that 
we don't try and emulate the likes of MK Dons and and you know get. I don't want to say the wrong investment because it's not really an investment with them, is it? It's kind of the man, the owner's money that he's throwing around, you know. And I think he's been able to just throw the money around and expect to walk over the league, and and ultimately that hasn't that hasn't worked out this season so far. Um, and I think when you look at the differences, like. You know, I, I remember when we went to to MK a few years ago, and we took five, you know, five k to MK and all of the rest mm-hmm. of it, and we had possibly the best away day that we've, you oh, know, that yeah. I can remember in the past few yeah, years. It was a great for sure. day, wasn't it? It was an amazing day. You don't um, get the, you get those sort of once or twice in a lifetime. I think they don't you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know, we we would never get that again this year. But I think the the difference is, you know, at that point we were both fighting for the title or fighting for promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, but this time round, we are in. I I would rather be a Lincoln City fan than an MK Dons fan at this point, and that's not just. Oh, that would be all the time, forever. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, if you take the history of the club, yeah, I know. I'm sorry, the, I'm being you know, I'm being bitter. I know. If you take that side of it away uh, away from the picture, like if you just looked at it purely on. You know what's happening with the clubs at the moment. I think being uh, being in our position is is definitely a, a spot that I'd rather be in. Absolutely, um, yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's nothing. There's no yeah. denying taking the history away from it. Like, look, to think of infrastructure. Like they're, yeah. they're set up for for, for 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 championship football. Yeah, but it, it just seems to be so much not wrong in terms of like everything's falling down behind the scenes, but. It's, it seems to be baggage. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. Yeah, absolutely. But like I say, on the pitch. Um, in terms of squad, they've, they've got high quality players. Mm. Like individually, they've got good players. And you know, yeah, we mentioned um, like Will Grigg is maybe an experienced player. But most of the other ones are young players. They might be the probably the the profile of players that we would probably quite like to have in our team. It's just mm-hmm. they're just not gelling. And I, no. the concern I've got is that they, they will soon because they've got quality, yeah. and, and uh, the I new mean, manager it, has has that. It, just hope it's not Saturday. Yeah, it's like we said against Charlton, wasn't it? You know, it's, it, it, we didn't hope, or I was hoping that it wouldn't be the start of that, the inflection point of the new manager bounce. And mm-hmm. oh dear, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just hopeful that we're not going to be, uh, we're not going to be licking our wounds again come Saturday evening. Um, yeah, of course, and it's so, it's so difficult to predict. What, what I do know is it's really important that we, we try and take as many people as we possibly can on Saturday. You know, I think, I think that back in that. It does have a genuine impact. I think there's, I don't think it's a surprise that we've unbeaten at home. And, you know, and, and Mark Candy has made a point of saying it does genuinely make a difference having that, yeah. that backing in that crowd. And I have to admit, the atmosphere this season has been much better than it has over the last, was last season. Um, yeah. And if we can just generate a little bit of that away from home, um, certainly in that ground where we know their fans aren't going to be able to create a huge amount of atmosphere. There's not going to be a huge amount of backing, even if they, yeah. they sell a lot of tickets, just because obviously it's huge. It's, it's, so it's massive. It's it? massive yeah. and it's dispersed. Yeah. And you can get a little pocket of us together. It could, it can make a difference. It really can. And I just think it's important. If you can go, go, it's drivable. You know, it's a one day job. You haven't got to go and pay for a, a train. You haven't got to pay for a hotel. You can just drive there and back in one day. And, um, I've, I've not been able to get too many, um, away games this this season, primarily due to financial reasons. But um, I just think it's really important that as many of us go as possible on Saturday. And I'll, 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 I'll get myself there. And I, I think that can make a difference, certainly against a team that are, that are struggling, a team that, you know, if we can get an early goal and, and, and confidence, you know, drops, 
Yeah, I think that might be key uh, if we can get an early goal. Um, and hopefully, you know, we might be able to get something from the weekend. It's, it's a game that, again, I think on paper we should take stuff from, but they've tended to be the ones that have been the problems this season. So Exactly. But, but you say we might need an early goal. Will it potentially be a new face that bags it, Chris? Oh, you see, who knows? This, who this knows? Is, um, this is the thing. You, you did allude to it earlier. It is. Um, Mark Kennedy in his interview today has said that he is hopeful that we should have at least one announcement before the game tomorrow. So we obviously know where we need to strengthen and improve. I would sincerely hope that it's in one of those areas that we've got somebody potentially coming in. Um, But, I mean, let's let's talk... Because first off, we haven't actually mentioned on the podcast... um, about our new signing last week. Oh yeah, yes, oh, Harry yeah. Boys. It's Harry, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yes, Harry, Harry Boys. boys. Um, um, I think it. We may have touched on it, or I, I, I can't remember if we touched on it or or whatever. But yeah, basically, Harry Boys came into the club um, last Friday, and uh, Jamie Robson has left the club. Yeah, I, um, I completely understand it. I yeah. think it, I think it's a good decision from the club, and that's nothing against Jamie Robson at all. Um, I think Jamie Robson is, was a steady League One left back, um, but I think the key is he was a left back, yes. um, not a an attacking, marauding left wing back. Um, no. And when you have someone um, who is a real asset to the club like Sean Rowan, who is a very strong um, defensive left back, um, and again a steady. Um, left wing back and who has a lot of potential to push on and improve and also let's be honest the potential to earn the club a fair amount of money mm-hmm. um, if you're Jamie Robson and, and the club is and you're fine against him to have a, an identical role in the team and you can't fill in at centre back like Sean Rowan can if I'm honest I think Sean Rowan's long term position is probably left centre back but at the moment he's a, a slightly more steady left sided um, left wing back and what we've got yeah. in Harry Boys is a very, very attacking, uh, forward-thinking left wing-back. So we yeah. have two options on that left wing-back position now, one that's a bit more conservative and one that is a, is a lot more kind of adventurous. Um, so I think in terms of squad balance and terms of um, flexibility, it allows us to maintain our back three, but it actually allows the effectiveness of that back three to really change and the mentality mm-hmm. of it to change um, in terms of the, the, the wing-backs, um, whether they are more defensive-minded or, or attacking. So I think it's a really good addition to the squad. Um, he's been good at, at Forest Green this season, made good, had good reviews, got in the National League um, team of the season when he was um, on loan at Solihull Moors, and he's just on that gradual kind of progression going forward. Signed a long-term deal at Sheffield United before he um, he, he came back on loan, or maybe even um, at the start of the season. So it's not. I don't think it's a loan with a view of a permanent deal. It might be a loan with a view of another loan next season, potentially. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe TJ Oma sort of style. Um, yeah. But but yeah, I think it's. I, my opinion is it's a, it's a, it's a, a sensible um, decision by the club. You can't carry three left backs. That's that's silly. No. Um, and when you've got one that's a massive asset and more defensive minded, and you've got one coming in now who is is really attacking, Jimmy Robson was going to find himself without a position. So for us yeah. to get a bit of money for him. Um, and for him to go out and get regular first team football um, as a, ironically I de- a direct replacement for Harry Boys at Forest yeah. Green yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it makes sense 
I, I just had a. The, so I, I'm pretty sure you would have just seen me smirking a little bit. I just thought when you said, "Oh, you know, having three left backs is uh, is in, uh, you know is a bit mad." I just had visions of Peep Show where Mark's in the in the Indian restaurant and says four four naan, Jeremy. That's insane. <laughs> oh, Peep Show! What a fantastic program oh, that it. was. Absolutely love it. There's, um, there's not many I, I could watch over and over again, and they're timeless. And and Peep Show is one. Um, yeah. Blackadder's another, and the IT crowd. They're my three. I think I think I could watch them on repeat forever, and I'd never get bored. Absolutely, yeah. It's uh, Scrubs is mine. It's my go-to. Uh, my go-to comfort TV, but um, yeah, well, let, let's let's sort of wrap up a little bit, just looking at the uh, at the transfer situation. Then, mm. so obviously, we we potentially have one. Well, we will have one announced before the MK game. We're looking at. Um, I think Mark said that we're close to another one. Yeah, he alluded to uh, another one soon, but not yes. necessarily before the MK Dons game. But you'd expect that to be probably next week at some point then. And More than you know, so that'd be three players in in the first half of the transfer window, with the second half of the transfer window yet to come. So it's a decent start. I know some clubs have made lots of moves early doors, and it might feel like we're being left behind, but we're only actually halfway through the transfer window yet. So yeah, um, I think it's a positive start so far I mean, with the one we've got. We don't know who's coming in, so we can't only really judge the players that come in. These these two that are coming in once we know who they actually are. Um, yeah, but I mean that that always seems to be the way, doesn't it? That like you know you get. The, the people with the big checkbooks that rush out and buy people straight away, and it's like, I don't think we're ever going to be that club. No, like, we're, we're not going to be not. the people that just run out immediately. You know, day one, first of January, sod it. We've bought a player for way more money than he's worth, and yeah, yeah. I, I think there's two types of players we'll be going after. I think it'll be marquee loans. So mm-hmm. last few seasons we've we've really recruited those loans to be key players this season not so much we've had players that have been regular first team players but they've not been like our star key players um, I think we'll try and go after a couple of those a trend that's happened quite a lot um, this window which I haven't seen previously um, was players getting recalled and then loaned out immediately to a club uh, another yes. club with a, yeah, a slightly higher stature few, yeah. um, so that's interesting uh, as a bit of side note but I imagine just doing that and I, th- I can see is actually getting an extra player in on loan above our quota because mm. well the- I mean obviously Garrick's gone back hasn't he Garrick went back and then immediately straight out to Forest Green which is one of the ones you mentioned yeah and permanently obviously to Forest Green I think hasn't he Sorry, yes, yes, yeah. But, it, but either way, he's, he's, he's recorded and moved on. But in terms of our loans, obviously everyone, I'm sure, is aware of the rules that you can only have five in your matchday squad. You can actually have more than that in your overall squad. And with Matty yes. Virtue having a long-term injury, I wouldn't be surprised for us to actually have a total of six on loan, including him. Um, yeah. So that actually opens up another spot. Um, but I also expect us to maybe make a few permanent signings, um, maybe of the... Regan, Paul, Cohen, Bramall sort of style of the players that mm-hmm. are going to be out of contract at the end of this season. We could pay a little bit of a fee now for, for them to kind of move now rather than in the summer. Um, I doubt we'll be going out and buying you know a player that's contracted for a year or two or three. But you know I, I certainly don't expect us to only sign loan players because I think we probably need Absolutely. more. I think we need more bodies than than yeah. just what, what we can get in on loan. Um, I, th- I think if we did go with exclusively loans, I think the concern levels would start to grow. Yeah, I agree. Um, um, it seems a bit more, a little bit more desperate, and a little bit not not planning as much for the long term. Unless yes. it's the style of loan, of course, with a loan to buy option, and then that's yeah, a very I mean that, that, that's kind of. I think that's probably the you know statement of intent. You know, we're, we're going to loan him out, see how he gets on, and then potentially purchase him at the end of the season. Yeah, so, like a, at the start of the season, we discussed the loans that we'd signed, and we kind of thought that Tash and Oakley Booth and kind of Garrick and Virtue maybe all fitted that mould. Um, yeah. Obviously, a couple maybe haven't haven't worked out. As Garrick's obviously gone back. Tashan hasn't 
been able to cement his place in the squad and Matty Virtue definitely had done until his injury so maybe there's still a potential yeah. there but we kind of thought yeah they're they're slightly more experienced loan players but with it but we're all out of contract at the end of the season so with yeah. a view of thinking maybe if things go to plan we can sign them permanently um, so maybe there'll be a couple of those but one thing a point you mentioned earlier which is we all know what we need and I think we all, we all have a fair idea um, there's some really interesting I don't I, I was consciously not trying to do too much stats today um, <laughs> but there's a, a couple of things that I thought is worth sharing because it's genuinely interesting and I find all stats interesting but I think everyone will find these um, it was by a guy called um, uh, Ben Mayhew Aaron Mayhew someone Mayhew on, um, on Twitter and Gary actually or the CC West um, Twitter page shared this and I, I've, I've retweeted it um, it's really interesting about Basically, um, shot volume and um, shot efficiency and attacking efficiency, basically. Um, some plot graphs for the whole of League One. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just fascinating. Um, so there's some good news and some bad news, I'll be honest. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's interesting um, either way. I'm just getting up here so I don't, I don't misquote. Um, so the good news is um, our conversion rate is good. So basically what that means is the amount of total shots that we need before we score a goal is actually pretty good. Um, it is within the top six in the league. So we're a similar level to... Who are we here? Let me find this. Let me find this. Um, oh, I can't find the comparison. But we're in the top six of the league in regard to being clinical. Mm. Um, so what that shows is you know, we all kind of think yes we need a striker because we're not scoring enough goals um, we need a striker because we haven't got enough strikers in the squad to give us the flexibility to play with the two up there but I don't actually think we need necessarily a striker to um, to create more you know, to, to, to score more goals because we're missing loads so in terms of do we need to upgrade our strikers probably not we just need another one or two of a similar quality so we've got that depth um, so that's the positive we actually don't take that many shots um, to score yeah. um, it's eight by the way if anyone's interested how many it takes um, <laughs> the defensive metrics put us kind of bang on mid-table um, if anything slightly slightly higher than that so in terms of how many shots the opposition need to score is is, is okay um, how good are we at keeping them out etc we're fine we're fine in all those defensive metrics we're not amazing but we're fine um, what we are absolutely rubbish at and dead last in the league by a mile is how many shots we actually take per game so we are dead last in shooting um, yeah. so what that shows is that when we create a chance um, we're actually not bad at finishing it like our, our, our conversion rate's decent so you give Ben House a chance the likelihood is he's actually and compared to the league he's, he's, he's got a really good good higher than average opportunity um, to, to actually put it away and, and the whole squad's like that um, the problem is we're not creating enough chances by a mile like miles behind everyone else yeah, yeah. so what that shows is as much as we do need a centre forward because we need the numbers actually in terms of where do we need more quality we need quality from those chance-creating players. Yeah. So the players that are going to get the ball in the box, create those opportunities for us to actually be able to pull the trigger. Um, so people like Harry Boys, who is an attacking wing-back, because if your only width is coming from your wing-backs, they're creative players. You often see, oh, they're just defenders, but actually defenders, even full-backs in a four, are really creative players these days and, um, and, and often are, are big elements in regard to teams attacking output. Obviously, um, then those attacking players that play behind our strikers, so either wingers if we go for wide players or tens if we're going to play in that system, we that's actually where we need to improve the quality of the squad. Um, so realistically, who do we have at the moment that's really got half-decent output or maybe has the potential to? I think man, we discussed Mandroyo earlier. I think 
he has the potential to be a real key player in that role. We've seen what Jack Diamond has the potential to do, but if we're all completely honest, his form and output in the last few weeks has been minimal in, in regard to the actual metrics of you know shot creating actions and those things. Um, so actually, as much as we do need a striker, what we really, really, really need is uh, is creative players, and that can include yeah. wing backs, and that can include those creative midfielders, or maybe ball playing centre mids. Um, I think we all need we need a virtue replacement, don't we? But absolutely. Um, yeah, again, that's 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 going to be difficult. But we absolutely one hundred percent require players to play in that role. But in yeah. terms of what actually brings us into contention, um, in terms of like the statistics we need to create more chances so that we have more shots and if we have more shots we're actually quite good at finishing them off um, yeah. what's the last little thing I've got on here um, so in terms of XG hey here we go that's, that's uh, another bingo another bingo so again what was put into this big this big spreadsheet is that um, the average expected goals um, that your team is expected to score per match and then the average expected goals that you're expected to concede per match Um and we are in the bottom six for that. In a little cluster of teams, and Morecambe are by far the worst in those two metrics. Then we're a little cluster of clubs of us, MK Dons, Forest Green, Shrewsbury, Cheltenham, Cambridge and Fleetwood. Um, and if we're honest, that probably is our little mini league, isn't it? And if we can finish mm-hmm. top of that little mini league at the end of the season, I think we'll be fine. Um, and we can see that as a relatively successful season. So transfers, yeah. if we can get the players we need in to plug the gaps and then improve the squad in those creative areas that should hopefully help us to kind of climb away from that little cluster um, and into more of a kind of a, a mid-table sort of position and, and everything will be brilliant and fine and dandy. Positive news. <laughs> That's the hope, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, we don't know. We don't know who they've got their eye on. If, if we knew who they had their eye on, then, you know, other people would know and other clubs would know. So, exactly. Yeah. Um, hopefully, by the time you're listening to this, there will be an announcement. It, it, you know, I'm gonna. Gaz berated me. I know it's going to be surprising to hear that, but Gaz berated me the other week for um, for not putting out the podcast at six a.m. So the podcast will be out nice and early. So Lovely maybe stuff. if you listen to this, there won't have been an announcement. But um, either way, like yeah, should have an announcement today of a player um, who you would imagine, if they are in the uh, of the attacking variety, would go straight into the match day squad yeah, for Saturday. You'd expect that. Um, and if they're a centre midfielder, maybe even straight into the starting eleven. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll see what happens. So we will uh, see you guys next week. Um, Gary always says that his pods with you tend to go a little bit long, and I can see why. We get some good discussion going, Chris. It's good. Hey, is, does that mean it's me? Because this is quite long as well. Maybe it's all my fault that makes these really long. After <laughs> after all that. <laughs> but no, we'll uh, we we will see you next week. Uh, hopefully. Hopefully we're back to winning ways on Saturday. But uh, until next week, up the end. Up the end. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.